New guy with a strategy for Roxbury. All right, check it out. Here's what you want to do. Head in there. Go to the bar. Quick. Grab yourself a nice, tasty drink. Then take a look around. Scope out the room. Find the nicest-looking spot to curl up and hit the hay. And then just walk on over and go to sleep. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think it's a good plan. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Big One Podcast. It's me. It's new guy. Uh, and look at this. We got the full crew here. Uh, who Who is the full crew? Who Who else is here? That's right. It's Baby G and B-Boy. <laughs> Mexican standoff. Love it. How's it going tonight, fellas? Hey, friggin', you know we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? No, we're 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 here. We've showed Thank up. Thank you. He finally admitted. Mm-hmm. Uh, tweet us at podcast big one. Email us at podcast big one at gmail dot com. Um, we'll talk about NASCAR today. We might talk about other motorsports. Sometimes we do. I have not read the full set of our notes that we have ready uh oh i'm seeing a nodding head that's very exciting so stay tuned srx f1 indycar wow a veritable smorgasbord of motorsports for you the listener we give and we give uh this week i'm just beside myself with joy to announce that we've had our first paid sponsor we've finally done it after so many years so much shelling out, so much selling out. First one this season, I think. We've Has someone paid, paid us money to be sponsors yeah. before? I got $5 uh, from um, when we were in Vegas. I got $5 from someone to sponsor. I don't even remember what I called out as a sponsor for them, but it was wow. a, it was like a, another joke sponsor. We've been paid before, or I've been paid before. Wow. Well, <laughs> uh, apparently sponsoring this podcast has become way more cheap than it has dropped uh, to 20% dropped of last year's price. Uh, however, this week's sponsor is, in fact, not a joke. It's our dear friend, Cole Murphy. Cole Murphy, yeah. what a guy. So, so he's just sponsoring it as himself. He's not. He doesn't yeah, have he's just sponsored. Title sponsor Cole Murphy. Mm. He's the big one today. Love it. Cole <laughs> Murphy, <laughs> you're a big dog and a big one. All right. Uh, I thought it would be like reading books or something. It's uh, black T-shirts and reading books. There you go. And That's burning it. things uh, on the beach next to Lake mm. Michigan. Yeah. He once he once burned an entire Christmas tree in my apartment. I don't mm. know if anyone was present for that, but he did. Mm. He chopped every branch off and smoked oh, yeah, out and the fed whole it. apartment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got yeah, my bolt cutters out. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. I love it. I love it. Dream you got to have a hobby, and that man <laughs> uh, certainly does. And one of his hobbies is sponsoring us this week, and that's what I love about him. Um, 
Should we talk about races? We got so many races to recap, but um, before we really get into it, let's get into what the people want, what the Murphys want. Murphy's Law says that we need to talk about Frankie Muniz. Welcome to Muniz Watch. Muniz Watch. All right, well, what happened to Frankie Muniz? We got three races to recap, ABG. What happened to him? Muniz Watch, 11th at Indy Raceway Park. 16th, 20 laps down at Watkins Glen International, Ooh. and one of them in New Guy's backyard. He had a solid 7th place finish at the Illinois State Fairground Dutch Boy 100, and this was Frankie's first foray into the dirt racing series. Overall, Frankie continues to learn and learn his marks at these tracks. He's getting some experience. Watkins Glen, that'll challenge any driver, so... Mm-hmm. You know, 16th place, 20 laps down. Sounded like he had some issues there. So what are you going to do at that one? But, man, seventh place on a dirt race. I don't care who you're racing. Yeah. That's a solid finish right there. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. I I saw parts of all three of these races. And basically, at IRP, he was way back early on um, from when I was watching and was not making up any ground. At Watkins Glen, uh, he was already 20 laps down and or however many laps down he had had some kind of issue. And then... The dirt race was really interesting because on the final restart, he started like fourth and he ended up finishing seventh, but he basically just tried to keep it straight. You know, as a lot of guys that don't have that dirt background do, he just tried to keep it straight through the corners. And uh, obviously there were some other folks that got by him before the end of the race, but still, yeah, seventh in your first dirt race ain't bad. Yeah, it's very well done. He did drop down to third place overall uh, in the standings, but... Down one spot from uh, second place where he was previously, but you know, who's uh, in second now? We're not panicking any, anymore. Shoot, I I had it open. I don't have it open anymore. I'm so sorry. It's probably one of the Toyotas, so no worries. Um, yeah, I don't know if we said it before, but he got sponsored by Ford Performance, so that's pretty mm. cool. Our sweet baby boy. Um, I also did watch. Uh, the first 30 minutes of the Transformers movie, the first Transformers movie, and it should have been Frankie instead of Shia. I disagree. Just, I want Frankie, I want all the success in the world for our baby boy, but Shia had that, like, crazy person's energy. It was just starting to shine. He was really starting to peak in that regard, Mm. and uh, it it was necessary, and that made that movie more entertaining than it deserved to be. I hate to admit that you've convinced me, <laughs> but I, I don't want to lie to the people. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, let's jump on to the rest of Arca. Yeah. Ahead, so, well, Please. let's let's race recap the Indy weekend. So two weeks ago, um, Arca was at IRP, as we mentioned, and that's where Frankie finished 11th. But Luke uh, Fenhouse passes Jesse Love after the competition caution. He was running away with it with about 17 to go. But then Jesse Love crushed the restart and wins easily. And local boy Luke Fenhouse finishes second. Tony Bridinger with a ninth place finish. I know all of this just screams Baby G. Baby G, what's your reaction to all of this? First reaction is Jesse Love is just running away with this Arca series. I did pull up the standings. I was curious who's in second place. We got Jesse Love in first with 659 points. Second place, Andres Perez de Lara. He's at 545 points, 114 back. Third place, Frankie, 542. So Frankie's only three places out of second. So really solid there for Frankie this season. 
this Arca race was it was a fun watch, man. Indy Indy Raceway Park. This is a track I didn't even have on my radar. I wasn't aware that there was this. What is it? A mile mile track or something like that? Um, higher P. Higher P. Yeah. It's a it's a half mile. Yeah. Half mile. Okay. Yeah. So short, little short track. Really good competitive racing for these guys in the Arca series. You could kind of tell who's got experience on these short tracks. A lot of the Arca guys do just the way they come up and. Cool to see Luke Fenhaus uh, get a second place. And Tony, man, ninth, continues to drive that car well and put on a good performance for her team. Nice, yeah. Uh, just to confirm, it's actually .686. It's a little over a half mile. Cool, nice little bull ring there at the uh, yeah, yeah, Indy Raceway Park. Sure. Love it. It's a good one. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought maybe you'd call out Luke Fenhaus just because he's from your area uh, a little bit more, but... Um, I just looked up the, what was it? What'd you say his name was Andres Perez de Lara, 18 yes. year old out of Mexico. Um, yeah, pretty cool. Nine top tens. Cool. Nice. Uh, truck series, truck series was also at IRP. Um, stage one winner. We had Ty Majeski stage two winner. We had Ty Majeski and the race winner. We had Ty Majeski, and that was in the first of the um, playoff races for the Truck Series. So Ty Majeski has seen himself through to the next round, the round of eight, I believe. They go from 10 to 8. Remember, they only knock out two drivers after the first three races. So Ty Majeski is through. And another five bonus points, actually seven bonus points with the two stage wins uh, to help him out getting to that final four. I think he's pretty much a lock for the final four, to be honest. Uh, he's had that kind of season. It's really like... I know top guys. You got Majeski, Heim, Enfinger, Eckes, and Holsenbar. Those are the top five cool. guys in the playoffs, and these guys basically just dominated most of this race. You, Fox has this little broadcast feature where they've got the playoff guys highlighted in, in yellow. Basically, this entire race, the top ten is just 80 to 90% yellow the entire race. So truck series, there is a cut above, and these guys showed that, that they are that cut above in this race. Yeah, for sure. Um, other notes we have here are uh, Carruth with a solid seventh place finish there. Um, and then SVG, who had his first truck race and said he had a lot of fun. He finished one lap down in 19th. Cool. Let's move right along. Baby G, breakdown Xfinity at the Indianapolis road course for us. Road course for Xfinity. AJ Allmendinger, your stage one winner. AJ Allmendinger, also your stage two winner. And the race winner, Ty Gibbs, on this one. I did not see most of this one. I had some family obligations, but from the little bit I did catch, it looked like Ty Majeski, or not Ty Majeski, Ty Gibbs, ran away with this thing at the uh, Indy Road Course. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was definitely, I, I would say it was a pretty good race to the finish. Um, Ty didn't do anyone at really dirty but he raced very aggressively to get his first win and then on the restart on the last restart which was a long way out and then basically just drove away with it he, he i think he ended up winning by like seven seconds or something like that so um but that's how these road courses can be when you're not having stage breaks so cool new guy you want to break down cup at indianapolis road course uh i would love to so stage one winner we have Michael McDowell. Who are all of the uh, different international drivers that we had in here? Shane Van Gisbergen was here. Was Jensen mm -hmm. Button driving as well? 
Jensen Button was. Uh, we had uh, uh, what's his name, the Japanese Kobayashi, driver, right? Yeah. For B- uh, Baby 67. G, got it. Kob- Kobayashi. 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 That's it. Yep. Um. Uh, we had oh, uh, the guy that drove the thirty-three for RCR, another one of the supercar drivers from New Zealand. Uh, All right. Yeah, well, that guy. That was that um, guy, Cody. Cody something <laughs> yeah. or other. Cody, Cody something or another. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I um, think I've got a Mike, Mike, the guy that was in, um, he drove the twenty-four hours. Rockenfeller. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Cool. Um. <coughs> oh yeah. So uh, those people were racing in it. Denny <laughs> Hamlin won stage two, and would you look at that? Michael freaking McDowell sweeping on in, just double burden it as he crosses mm-hmm. the finish line. I'm sure, and uh, yeah, takes the win and locks himself in for the playoffs. I don't think. I mean, I know I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Much to the dismay of all those Chase Elliott fans, for sure. Uh, Chase finishing second in that race and just one spot away from glory. Uh, but, yeah, this was actually Suarez's race for a second there. And Suarez had a not a bad pit stop. It's one of those that you can't really blame the crew. The front tire changer comes around the car, and just as the way that you try and, like, kick the cable of the, the air – or the, the – the, whatever it's called, the, for the air pressure for the gun – he tried to kick the cable out, and basically it sat underneath the wheel, and so when the car dropped, it went right down on that cable, so he couldn't pull the gun out. Um, they had to come back around and jack it back up, and that was a green flag pit stop, and it just ruined Suarez's race. I think Suarez ended up finishing fourth, so I guess like didn't ruin his race, but ruined his chance for that win, uh, which was uh, a big, big deal to that team, obviously, and they sit on the outside looking in, going into this final race, so... Um, any other call-outs besides McDowell getting a second win ever? What do we think about the no cautions? Because this was one of those races where not a whole lot of cautions, only one caution, if I recall correctly, the entire race. So the new stage breaks, we don't throw a yellow flag, they award the points, and we just keep going. So this one, two things I want to talk about. Number one, no cautions for stage breaks. And number two, it seems like these tires are just not wearing at all and tires aren't even a factor on the road courses anymore. Yeah. It's always been tough because I think like r- tires haven't mattered on the road courses since like the nineties, late nineties, early two thousands, maybe like they've just really not ever really worn that much. You don't really get comers and goers, you get strategy calls and that's how road courses have always been. And that's sort of what we got in in this race and then in the next road course race as well but both races back to back only one caution to your point uh there was uh, you know it's it's good for the nascar fans that enjoy this type of racing but for a new person that's just coming into the sport i would not recommend to them to watch either of these races and and part of it is because of the product right like the, the actual passing or ability to pass is so low right now on road courses so definitely something worth figuring out with the new car um and yeah it makes these races kind of boring i don't recall if it was either indy or watkins Glen, but i saw some chatter about one of the lug nuts got stripped on someone's car so they literally didn't change the tire the yeah, entire race stuck. yeah so clearly that's like if you can finish an entire race without changing the tire that's man that compound must be hard as hell on these goodyear tires for for this road course 
Yeah, yeah. Goodyear needs to, I mean, bring a much softer compound. And remember when they were testing a couple weeks back, we definitely covered this on the podcast, but like the drivers were all there to test the new like under plate the, for, for underneath the car. And they thought that was going to make the big difference and it didn't. It was actually the tire compound difference that made a bigger difference to, to the driving. Um, and that's, that's going to be true. I mean, I, I feel like Goodyear needs to step up and needs to actually like bring a competitive tire. And look, if that means having a race or two where we do get a lot of blown tires or something like that, that's part of trying to live on that razor's edge. They're the ones currently not trying to live on the razor's edge at all. They're trying to keep it really conservative. And it sucks because, like, NASCAR and this new generation of car gets most of the blame when, honestly, the tire compound is probably a bigger factor right now. You can't claim aerodynamics at a road course. It's just not. That's not what it is. It seems impossible to pass on these road courses. You Once they get stretched out, nobody's making any ground unless you're really driving and into and moving someone, it seems like. Yep. Yeah, but the Xfinity series, these are good, good races. So maybe they just need to race the Xfinity cars at the road courses. Ooh, now and you're then, talking. Yeah, yeah. Be fun. Yeah. Or just increase the horsepower. Fuck it. I, I don't know why we don't just increase the horsepower at the road courses. Why Why not? You know? Yeah, I'm into it. I think it's a fun idea. Make the cool. tires softer, increase the horsepower. More downforce. Big bang boom. Yeah. Oh, make them open-wheel cars. Uh, the last thing I want to comment on before we go forward is just uh, for this, this cup race at uh, Indy, race, or Indy Road Course. Obviously, um, Indy isn't maybe considered a crown jewel now that they're at the road course and not the oval, but it still is like a bucket list item to win at Indianapolis. It's still a really cool thing. McDowell's two wins in cup are at the Daytona 500 and now Indianapolis, which is really That's fucking sweet. pretty good. Charlotte next year, look out. Uh, yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, that's that's Austin Dillon's strategy. Four wins in 13 seasons, and he's got a Coke 600 and a Daytona 500 and all these good ones. So, um, you know, some people I go I want to hate him, but, but I can't. I, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I did hate, though, afterwards that a lot of people were like, what a waste of a playoff spot. And I'm like, he was, like, in the playoffs on points, like, two weeks ago. And had been most of the season. What do you mean, what a waste of a playoff spot? You want to talk about a waste of a playoff spot? Imagine if Chase Elliott won that race. Oh, fucking get up. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, well, now that I'm yeah, spicy and warmed up, uh, let's move right on to Watkins Glen. Um, Arca series. Baby G, you want to break that one down? The only thing I saw was the end of this one. Jesse Love, man, he made this ridiculously dirty move and just totally moved someone out of his way for the win. I'm not a fan of that style of racing. And Jesse Loveman, you're leading the points. You're you're winning all these races. I don't think there's a reason to clean somebody out and, and get a cheap win like this. I, I just not a fan of the end of this race. It's going to be really interesting when we get to a, a little Wisconsin boy that might have done the same thing just a day later. Um, new guy, did you have thoughts or did you get to see the end of that race? Uh, I did not, and I also do not have any thoughts. Okay, <laughs> that's great. That's uh, that's why we have him on the podcast, folks. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't, same thing. I only saw the end of the race, and, and yeah, when the guy's winning that many races, I mean, why are you doing that? I, I just don't get it. But uh, it's all good. Let's talk Xfinity. New guy, you want to break that one down? Uh, I would love to. So stage one, uh, everyone, especially on this podcast, favorite driver Ty Gibbs won. Stage two, your boy Ty Gibbs at it again. Uh, and 
to win the race, Sam Meyer. Isn't that nice? Is it? Is it nice? Or is it not? Yeah. uh, Controversial ending. Yeah, Sam Mayer knocked Ty Gibbs basically up and out of the way. Thoughts uh, for your, your Wisconsin boy there? Man, I think he just locked up the brakes, and unfortunate that he got into baby Gibbs on that one. But no, I'm I'm just kidding. I mean, this yeah, yeah. this was one where that's what you say in your post race interview. But on a restart in overtime at a road course, everybody's coming into that first turn, and Mayer literally just throws Gibbs off the line, yeah. drives away for the win. And like I said for the arc race, I'm not a fan of this style of racing where you're physically just dumping a car out of the way. Mm-hmm. Ty Gibbs clearly had the fastest car this entire race. He's had a really fast car all season. And after the race, there were there were some post-race comments from Ty Gibbs. I think Ty Gibbs said something along the lines of, you've got more starts than me in Xfinity, and congratulations, you have your second win. And he's something about, I've got X amount of wins in you know, 13 races or something like that. So yeah, I, I think the two comments. A little bit comments, of a budding rivalry yeah. between these two, uh, two guys. Should be fun to see For, as uh, they both get more experience been- and move up. Was Ty Gibbs, wasn't he a little shit last year? Yeah. <laughs> or like yep. two years ago? In Xfinity, yeah. Yeah. No, this feels uh, like, normally I'm against this sort of thing, but this feels like, you know, race race hard, get raced hard, ding dong. Agreed, yeah. What uh, what what were your thoughts, B-Boy, please? I'll, yeah, I was going to say was like, I, I think it's interesting that, that it was two different comments, two different interviews. One where Ty Gibbs was like, yeah, I was really hoping to get my 13th win. I'm glad he got his second. So a little dig at how many wins. And then, yeah, the other one was um, I've got like he's got more starts than me, but I've got more wins. And also I race on Sundays uh, kind of thing what where I was just like, I mean, yeah. sure. It throws some throws some shade. You are up there, um, and Mayer isn't. But also, Mayer's dad or grandfather doesn't own a race team. So, uh, you know, what are you going to yeah. do? Um, yeah, Ty Gibbs is the more talented driver. Let's uh, We all know that. That's fine. Um, Ty Gibbs also doesn't need to race on Saturdays. And the fact of the matter is, these guys that are racing on Saturday want to make it to Sunday. And they have to do shit like this to make, to, to, to make their name and to get wins. Mayer just got his first win two weeks ago. I don't mind him going for a win, especially against someone that isn't a series regular like that. I agree that it is a bit of a dirty move, but like, you know, what else are you going to do? Ty Gibbs dominated the whole day. If he doesn't make that move, Ty Gibbs wins handily. So he did what he had to do. Uh, Dale Earnhardt does it. People cheer, right? So Interesting, too, because like you said, Ty Gibbs, he has the backing of JGR. Mm-hmm. Sam Meyer driving for D- Dale Earnhardt's team, Junior Motorsports, like, I think a win is a lot more important for junior motorsports, getting that additional purse and, and winnings uh, first place. I don't know what the difference is first place to second place. I, I can imagine it's not insignificant. So no. you got to make that move and, and get that money to keep that team rolling and keep that team funded, even though it is Dale Earnhardt. He's I was gonna say, before. <laughs> he, do, he doesn't have the money just to splash and you know buy a, a Cup Series charter right now. So clearly he's got money. He can fund a team well in Xfinity, but it's a whole different ball game when you're trying to move up into the Cup Series like it seems like he may be looking to do in the future. For sure. Yeah, agreed. Well, Mayer went out there, got that money for Big Daddy Jr. Uh, that felt weird to say. Uh, and then we got to Sunday <laughs> where we had the uh, that ARCA race on uh, at the Illinois State Fairgrounds. Um, Brent Cruz gets the win. Uh, so not Jesse Love for once. Jesse Love, I think, finished third or fourth. Um, and then Ken Schrader finished sixth. We talked about 
uh, uh, you know, where Frankie finished, just one position less than Ken Schrader. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I imagine telling a NASCAR fan like four years ago that Ken Schrader and Frankie Muniz would be dueling it out for sixth place at, a, at an ARCA race. Um, Love to see it. Pretty sweet, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, well, let's get into Cup Watkins Glen, our last race to recap here. Um, who wants to break it down? I say take it, baby G. Cup Series at Watkins Glen. Stage one winner, Michael McDowell. Stage two winner, William Byron. And your race winner in an easy cruise to the finish in this one, William Byron. One call it on this thing. One hour, 58 minutes, and 44 seconds. Fastest cup race to run its scheduled distance since a 100-mile race at Hickory that took one hour and 22 minutes on August 28th, 1971. So this Cup Series race, again, only one caution in the entire race. And this thing just hummed along. Sub-two-hour race. That's insane for a NASCAR race. I'm wondering what the network thought of this one. I, I didn't get to see most of this one. I was out with friends catching a baseball game, but... I wonder what they did with their extra time on the broadcast. Did they go into some post-race coverage, race recap? Mm-hmm. What, did, what did they do on this thing with this extra time? Because a lot of the time, that's my... One of the things I don't like about the NASCAR race, it kind of just ends, and they don't have enough TV mm-hmm. window left to really break it down and get those interviews on track perspectives. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what happened after this thing ended. They they did. They went into those post-race interviews. I think they were only on them for 25, 30 minutes still. Um, you know, really had to get back to those reruns of Law and Order SVU or something. Um, but you know, yeah, it was it was fine. Uh, I remember we just had it on after after the race had finished and just kind of had it on in the background. But you know, I this felt like a good race time in terms of like the kind of action that we were seeing. Had it been more action packed, I would have wanted a longer race. But because it wasn't, and we still got the playoff strategy, there weren't those stage break cautions. I thought this was the appropriate race length. Honestly, if this was the race length at all of the road courses, with the product that we have right now, I think it would be perfect. Right at two hours. That's nice. Every race doesn't need to be four hours, like a Daytona 500, Coke 600. I'm fine with some of these Sunday afternoon race, in and out, two hours, get on with your day. Yeah. Like, you know, had it been four hours, I would have had to take a nap halfway through it. Instead, I got to watch the whole thing. Cool. Um, some breakdown that we have about the race. Michael McDowell did follow in follow up his win with a stage one win. On the two different penalties across the rest of the race, he drove through too many boxes on the first one, and then he had uh, men over the wall too soon on the other penalty. Uh, those mired him back. He did fight back forward and ended up with an okay finish. Um, and then, yeah, Chase Elliott ran out of gas. That was, that was our lone caution on the day. Uh, almost had a cautionless day. But weirdly, we don't really have to break this down too much more, but weirdly, the team thought that they could run three whole laps at a two and a half mile speedway on just the reserve tank, which is just a ludicrous notion. Yeah. Someone should have just been like, that doesn't seem right. Um, and uh, yeah, he just ran out of gas. Uh, and then Larson also got caught speeding uh, and then had a little bit of a dust up with Austin Dillon at the end of the race. Uh, they talked it over. Somewhat animated, somewhat uh, amicably um, at the, after the race. But uh, it looked like the two of them both got their shots in at each other. Um, and both were just frustrated. Frustrated with the whole race. Larson had a chance to win before his speeding. So, definitely sucks. 
Corey Wajoy had some commentary on the incident with uh, Elliot, or excuse me, with Larson, and he said mm. he could kind of see it bubbling up, and it was one of those where, okay, you're not going to win the race. Let's just finish this thing, get out of here. And you said Austin Dillon was the guy that he got entangled up with? It was Austin Dillon. Yeah. Austin Dillon, yeah. So him and Larson were just driving each other extremely hard on the last couple mm-hmm. of laps, and um, – on the podcast, he just said, you know, I just backed it way off because you could tell that Dylan was running behind him. And mm-hmm. it was one of those where, okay, somebody's going to get pissed and just wipe somebody out. So you might as well be six car lengths back and just not get caught up in it yourself. It was with Joyce yeah. commentary on this one. Corey had that front row seat for it. He was he was the car that actually, as Larson spun, he actually caught him just a little bit, but it was off the final corner, and, and LaJoy basically got two positions out of that corner since uh, Dylan and Larson got taken out. But, yeah, it was definitely weird. I, I saw basically the, the people broke it down to a couple laps ago. Larson, again, he was caught speeding. He was trying to make the best out of his day and still get a good finish. He's fighting for points. What a lot of people don't seem to realize is that those guys that aren't going to necessarily win the regular season, they still get playoff points based on where they finish the regular season at in, in points inside the, the top 10. And so he's still racing to get a, a good amount of playoff points, and every point matters, as has been shown multiple times in the playoffs. And so he wants a good finish, and it's hard to pass. So he probably came up to Austin Austin Dillon and you know maybe gave him a little tap to the rear, saying, I don't got time to mess with you. I don't have three laps to pass you. I need to get by, and I need to keep going. Well, Austin Dillon, I don't know what happened to him the whole race, but I did see his average lap time versus everyone else, and he was 10th fastest on the speedway for the average uh, average lap times on the race. He had a fast car and basically was probably frustrated by the fact that he had a fast car and couldn't do anything with it. So when Larson got to his bumper, I think what happened was Dylan went red, like red in the eyes, stayed with Larson, got back to him on the second to last corner and bumped Larson up out of the way. Larson saves the car and then gets him way too hot into the final corner being like, no, you're not going to get away with just bumping me and moving me. And he wipes them both out. It was actually probably an overreaction by Larson, but also Dylan tracked him down for like three laps to make that happen. So yeah, just frustrations can, can happen even in an hour and 58 minutes. I think it's a pretty cool move by Larson. Just, yeah, (laughs) I wasn't mad at it. Um, I actually thought they were going to fight and I was like, are these the two shortest guys to ever fight? in that would be incredible. A little welterweight (laughs) action. Uh. (laughs) flyweight or something like that the only thing on this one for me is what the hell was the worst or what the hell was the elliott team doing thinking he could go three laps like you might be able to go three laps in bristol on the reserve tank but like there's no way you're gonna drive five miles on the thing so i don't know what the hell that was their math was not good whoever was doing that please take him off of that duty next week because man that ain't it there's a lot of people calling for Alan Gustafson to lose his uh, crew chiefing position atop the nine box. Um, I could see where the they might swap the 48 and the nine pick, uh, crew chiefs just to shake things up. But you because you're not gonna you're not gonna switch up uh, uh, Kyle Larson and Cliff Daniels, and you're not gonna switch up William Byron and his crew chief because they're having a lot of success. Um, but Gustafson, I mean, he's been there so long. He's a very veteran crew chief. It's just weird for this mistake to have happened. Um, but Gustafson was the one that won with Elliott for his championship. He, he he crew chief Mark Martin. He crew chief Kyle Busch when Kyle Busch first came into the sport. He crew chief Jeff Gordon for a number of years. Dude's got experience. It's not like the guy's dumb. And you don't just dump a, a crew chief like that. He would he would be one of the hottest crew chiefs to enter the market in a long time. Um, 
Elliott fans are just going to be Elliott fans and call for his head uh, because of this. But I'm sure Chase Elliott would actually prefer to keep Alan Gustafson up top. So, Cool. Any last thoughts on Watkins Glen weekend? New guy? It's a nice track. I like it this is track. Nice track. Finger Lakes. Still got to go there sometime. I really do yeah, want to go there. We do. They keep selling out, man. And if it's a two-hour time in the sun, it sounds great. They're a bunch of sellouts. I'll tell you what. They are a bunch of sellouts. Yeah. Speaking of selling there, out. You know? <laughs> have some yeah. brewskis. Hang Let's out. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's we do can it. get a rotisserie chicken. Uh, sure. <laughs> well, the sky's the limit. As, we can get five rotisserie chickens. Me, like a little baby bird. Maybe Cole Murphy can sponsor our rotisserie chicken diet. Uh, rotisserie chicken brought to you by Cole Murphy. Ooh. Oh, my God. Man. We'll be rich. That's good stuff. All right. Well, since you ruined the transition, I'm going to do it again. Uh, speaking of selling out. Uh, NASCAR has paired with Netflix to air a five-episode, 45-minutes-each series on the 2023 playoffs in early 2024, uh, the production being done by NASCAR Studios. So we've already broken this down. Actually, y'all two broke this down about NASCAR Studios being the ones um, that are going to be starting to do the CW broadcasting uh, for Xfinity Series starting next year. Um, and so this is this is cool. This is like a good foray into them getting into this. And they built that giant studio, um, for, for this. So like, this sounds awesome. Honestly. Nice. Just hope it's not a fluff piece. Like this Florida Gators documentary that just came out. Um, tired of that. Hate, I hate sports documentaries that are just fluff pieces. Talk about the nitty gritty shit. That's what's good. Yeah. This is big Um, though. I mean, you've got 238 million people that subscribe to Netflix and a decent amount of people are going to stumble upon this similar to mm -hmm. the drive to survive. I just hope they don't try to mimic or copy drive to survive. I would like to see it be similar to the race for the championship that we had a few years ago, maybe with some tweaks, but really invest in building up some specific drivers, some up and comers, some of your longtime really successful drivers and get people invested in the personalities because I think mm-hmm. that goes a long way in NASCAR. If you've got a driver that you like, you're going to tune in every week to see where that driver slash team finishes. Yeah. The fact that they're doing it and Netflix isn't doing it means that I feel like they will have a little bit more creative control over it it's just netflix is the ones that will have it on their platform you know which is probably for the best to your point netflix has been doing these since strive to survive success has been doing these the tennis one the golf one the tour de france one that new guy told us about before um they've been doing them in a very similar style uh because that's what that studio is good at or that's what they how they want to broadcast their things um yeah i agree i hope nascar studios is thinking about doing it differently and maybe exactly like they they did it last year so cool uh other storylines return to the brickyard in 2025 is the rumor right now not official but it sounds like in 2025 we may be racing on the brickyard in indy in lieu of the road course or both we, we shall see but uh they're doing all their promotions with their imagery showing the brickyard so i'm curious about this because you say showing the brickyard it's still the brickyard even as a road course the only thing that i saw as evidence towards and also you say 2025 do you mean 2025 or 2024 i believe it 2025 oh okay gotcha the only evidence that i saw towards this was that when they sent out the things to fans to be like, do you want to renew your tickets? 
it had the car going left to right instead of right to left as you do on the road course. And so, like, people were like, ooh, well, that might be something, or it could just be a dumb social media intern or something. Um, but that was the only thing I saw. Was there more evidence than that? Nope, that's the speculation that's out there online, okay. just seeing the car turning <laughs> nice. the other way. So, like you said, could be an intern that's just grabbing a stock photo. Uh, we don't really know for sure. Fair. Okay. Cool. Well, I hope they do. Um, I'd like to see it. So, Especially with this, this new generation of car. just want yeah. to see how it runs. Yeah, I'd be very Sweet. curious to see. I, uh, that that uh, over race we went to there was so much fun. It's a good track. Mm-hmm. It is. I'd be very curious to see. Um, we got a lot of silly season news. New guy, what's going on? Um, Stuart Haas might have uh, as many as two charters for sale, according to Jordan Bianchi. That would be pretty exciting. I imagine that with uh, how much NASCAR is exploding now, I mean, the the successes of uh, Michael Jordan's team, Pitbull's team, like other people are going to be wanting to invest in NASCAR. I would not be surprised at all to uh, see some investment come in. I wonder if Saudis would try to buy Ooh. a NASCAR charter. Only, uh, only if it becomes way more uh, lucrative. They're not trying to buy MLS teams either, so... Um, yeah, yeah uh, I, don't, I didn't mean that as a dig, but it definitely came across this one. Um, yeah, these Stuart Haas charters, I mean, probably good for Stuart Haas to kind of back it down a little bit and really focus on just two good cars instead of four or well, three mediocre cars and Kevin Harvick, um, which is what they've had for a while now. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we talked the same thing about, uh, Rick Ware racing kind of doing the same thing where like maybe they need to, uh, focus on less, less. Uh, uh, less charters, less teams individually on a year. Um, I think it's better for the sport to have a lot of two to three car teams. I think that's better. Um, it definitely was a consolidation effort uh, to have mega teams back in the early 2000s and, and into the late 2000s. And they had to set that charter limit that how many race teams can you run any given week to four. Um, and then you could have a fifth car for like new and up and coming drivers or drivers that are just trying out new, new, new races, but two to three car teams actually is pretty much perfect for the sport to have a lot of, uh, 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 parity. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's probably a good move for them to sell two of these, especially right now, like you said, as those charters are probably worth a lot. We're going to need a lot more than $1 sponsorships if we're going to step up and have the big one racing team pick up one of these uh, SHR charters. Did I, I swear I saw someone estimate what charters are costing right now. Did, 40 did, did you all see this? 40 to $50 okay. million dollars was, was what I Same. saw. I don't know if that's yeah. a reputable source or not, but that's just a number that's being put out there right now. And it doesn't seem too far out of the realm of where things were a couple of years ago at 20 to 25. I mean, look at the price of anything especially with sports teams that have been selling, they're through the roof because it's a place where rich people can can have fun and have a little toy to play with on the side. Yeah, I think the last time a charter changed hands, it was sold for $15 million, I want to say. And then 20 to 25 was what, uh, like, if when uh, uh, 2311 expanded and when uh, uh, Trackhouse was thinking about expanding to three, that was what that price was at then. So this is dramatically higher, but this clearly has to do with estimations around how the tv contract negotiations are going so um it's all tied together and that's the biggest reason we've not seen these change hands i think recently so cool um next piece of silly season news uh actually i'll do the next uh uh 
um, yeah, just this next one, GMS, which was part of Petty GMS uh, when, when Petty and GMS Racing came together. GMS has a truck team, um, and now the GMS truck team is going to cease operations at the end of the year. They run three cars currently in the truck series. Um, they've won two championships. Uh, they have Raja Karu, Daniel Dye, Grant Enfinger in those trucks right now. Um, they're ceasing operations mostly because uh the petty gms now legacy motor club is moving to toyota and toyota already has enough truck teams they didn't need gms to, to go and be a truck team um so they're just ceasing operations which kind of sucks i uh, don't like to see that but then again truck has enough teams like they have enough teams to fill the field even without these trucks each week so Next bit of news from Front Row Motorsports, exercising options on Michael McDowell and Todd Gilliland going to remain in the 34 and 38 cup, cup cars next year. Some other news is Zane Smith is free to look elsewhere as the team explored a third cup car for Zane, but ultimately could not get it done. No surprise to me that McDowell and uh, I guess Gilliland, he's, he's down in the standings. I'm just looking at it. He's down in 26 right now, but Michael McDowell, he's been performing awesome these last segment of races so no, no surprise that they picked up options there and they must be happy with todd as well yeah this is todd's first full year in cup so i think he's been good enough and this team i saw michael mcdowell have an interview between his indie road course win and, and the race at watkins Glen, where they interviewed him and, and he was just like look I, this team was happy with top 15s now we're thinking we just won and we can maybe win next week. You know, like that's that's a big step up for this team. And they clearly think Todd Gilliland can be in that conversation as well. And I think for them, they must see Todd Gilliland as some, a driver that they can build around. Michael McDowell, how many more years will he be racing here? They will eventually want to fill that seat. But if Zane Smith doesn't have the sponsorship to bring to Cup now to 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 make make them explore buying that third Cup charter, then it's just not worth it. You have to bring a lot of sponsorship, especially to a team that's looking to expand for them to want to expand for you. And it's really hard for these guys that are coming from truck or Xfinity to have that much sponsorship behind their name. The only person that I can really think of in the last bunch of years, besides maybe Ty Gibbs with the monster, um, is, is, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Burton, Harrison Burton. Harrison Burton came with a lot of sponsorship uh, when he went over to Wood Brothers. And basically, I think at the time, kind of saved Wood Brothers from maybe not closing their doors, but definitely having to go with another not-so-great Paul Menard type of driver, someone that had a lot of sponsorship but no talent. Um, it's pretty rare for you to have talent and that much sponsorship dollars behind your name. So. New guy, what's going on with Legacy Motor Club? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Legacy Motor Club and Noah Gregson have officially decided to part ways. Uh, Noah got in trouble for liking a Instagram post and uh, has also not been driving extremely well, although he's not been in a, the best situation ever. And they have... Uh, as far as we're seeing, amicably decided to part ways. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Noah was, uh, I don't know, he probably didn't want to do this, but yeah, that's uh, what choice did that he have? the brakes, dog. Yeah. I'm curious if he's going to get another cup ride or like any other sort of uh, NASCAR ride. I don't think that he really proved himself, and he's also like indefinitely suspended as well, yeah. right? 
Yeah, but he can. He'll probably take the the uh, sensitivity course and then be brought back. Uh, I would imagine that he'd be ready to go by the beginning of next season. But to your point, like where where will he go? Um, definitely, we talked a lot about why all of this might have happened. The tinfoil hat theories last time, and that was before the announcement had officially made been made happen. But this news is almost two weeks old now. It's it's no, no additional news has come out on any of it, so it really is just to your point amicable because we have no evidence to prove otherwise. Gragson will probably, if I had to imagine, end up with another Chevy team down in Xfinity or or uh, truck, but probably Xfinity. Um, my hunch would be, um, uh, man, I'm drawing a blank on everything today. Who's the team that Kyle Busch keeps going down and racing for? And AJ Allmendinger, Colleg, Colleg Racing. That's who I think he'll go and and race for, if anything, at least part time next year. Uh, they only run two uh, two full time cars and then one part time car. That's the ten car that that uh, uh, some of the Hendrick drivers have driven and uh, Kyle Busch has driven a couple times. Austin Dillon drove it once. Um, might as well just have Noah Gragson in that car. He's gonna win races in it, right? So. Last bit of storylines for this week. SVG officially gets his release from Supercars, and he is also finalizing a deal to compete for Trackhouse next year in a wide-range developmental deal. So this just leads me to believe all roads seem to be one of these Stuart Haas charters may be going to Trackhouse to get that third full-time charter for SVG, but nothing official on that yet. And SVG, man, he's making the jump from Supercars into... I wouldn't say the big leagues because SVG is, or, you know, the Supercars is a big league where SVG is right now, but definitely into the top series and uh, stock car racing at NASCAR. What do you guys think of this move by SVG? I think it's awesome. Uh, I know that he was saying that he's kind of bored with where the Supercars are right now. And, uh, yeah, you come over to something fun and you think that it'd be a good move. Sometimes you just got to jump on it. Yeah, the the wide range developmental deal part is the part that like really sticks out to me. That that might mean that he races some track house races. Maybe he does race in that college car in Xfinity, uh, but he jumps in truck Xfinity and Cup to kind of get a little bit of every type of experience while also maybe just racing full time in Cup. Um, I can see why he got bored with uh, supercars. I saw the ending of a race in which he was racing that Cody guy that that raced at the Indy Indy Road Course as well, and he bumped him. He bumped him going into a corner, gasp, and uh, he basically was not allowed to advance his position for the rest of the race because of that. What? Um, yep. You can't bump and knock people out of the way uh, in supercars, um, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> mind-blowing That's stuff there. But, yeah, uh, I can see why you wouldn't want to race there. Uh, they should really get their heads out of their ass on that one. That's a really dumb idea. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's going to be cool to have him over in here. Um, I did forget to add a silly season item, and mostly because it's just rumors right now, but it does kind of go along with some of the stuff, and that is that 2311 possibly might move to Ford starting next year. Um, yeah. Interesting um, on that one. Yes, Danny Hammond's been talking about that one a lot on his podcast because it's one of those things where it sounds like a lot of deals are in place, but there's still this one final piece of the puzzle that needs to happen before everything, everything can go official. So that would be a big move, uh, to move. What are they in Toyotas right now? Toyotas. From yep. Toyotas. Over to the Fords. 
Yep. So yeah. that'll be uh that'll be really interesting. I know it sounds like Joe Gibbs has been knocking on his trailer door trying to get old uh Denny to to make this thing final here, but we'll see what happens. I, I assume this is coming any day now, the final news on this one. So here's this. Here's here's Brian running with rumors. Um two Stuart Haas charters for sale, Ford charters, right? Um they go to twenty three eleven. Denny jumps in one of the twenty three elevens. Uh, they expand to becoming a four-car team. I don't know who the fourth driver would be. Maybe one of those Stuart Haas drivers, maybe like a Ryan Priest or something like that. Um, and then they have that a partnership with Stuart Haas uh, to kind of up the up the performance of both teams, potentially. Um, could be something that they go after. But I also think that, like, 2311 has not liked their partnership with Joe Gibbs Racing for the last couple of years. Um, we've talked a lot about the pit crew mistakes. Those pit crews are owned and managed by Joe Gibbs Racing, not by 2311. I'm sure they want a little bit of freedom there. I know Ford is definitely trying to invest a little bit and being like, we are a big part of this series and we want to become as dominant as Chevy has been over the last bunch of years. We want to get back to those days of the you know middle 2000s where Ford was kind of dominating with Roush, Roush Racing. Roush, RFK Racing's back. Rick Ware is, is partnering with them. Could have a giant partnership here as well to bring back some performance here. We've always got uh, Front Row Motorsports going for, for a potentially a third team they were trying to get done. That's another Ford car. So uh, Ford really reinvesting. And don't forget, brand new Ford next year in the Cup Series. Uh, new, new Ford vehicle. So, um, yeah, they're trying to put their best foot forward going into nascar next year so i was getting ready to dip, dip back into munis watch there i thought you were gonna say don't forget frank oh Munoz don't forget with that the ford partnership but you That's uh you kept it too official for us there i was about ready to drop that air <laughs> horn well you know what drop drop frankie in the truck and let's see him win his way into one of those four twenty three eleven fords let's do it um i think what would be really interesting though is if this happens um that uh, Tyler Reddick will have gone from racing a Chevy to a Toyota to a Ford in three straight years, um, which I don't think anyone's probably done that before. But cool. Let's, uh, let's jump out of storylines to talk about some other series. Who watched SRX last weekend? I caught most of the race at Eldora. Tony Stewart, he absolutely crushed it, and he owns the track, so he's probably out there been practicing for months and weeks to – get that win at Eldora. I didn't know that he owned a track. That's pretty cool mm-hmm. that he owns this track. Uh, SRX went there and he was able to run in the series uh, at a, his home track now. Pretty yeah, cool stuff he, by Tony Stewart there. Yeah, he owned the track back when the trucks were racing there as well. And he'd be out there on a on a tractor in between the heat races and stuff, like refinishing the track and like pulling it up and then re, re, repacking it and everything. He'd be out there doing work uh, while the races were going on, which was really sweet. Yeah, dirt race for this one. I love some of these dirt races. I don't get to see them all that often as much anymore. I'm not subscribed to a full racing or anything where I can pick these up. But to see a dirt mm. race on the schedule for SRX was awesome. Those cars work really well on dirt. Much better than the cup cars. They're not as heavy. And then they've got kind of those like free-range bodies that can bend a little bit as people hit each other. And it just kind of works better on the dirt, dirt tracks. It's a lot like the late models. So. cool uh what about last week for srx jonathan davenport took home the win at lucas oil speedway and ryan newman so lucas oil was the last race of our six race schedule for srx night little tight package in the summer for espn before we get into the football season 
starting pretty much this weekend and ryan newman wins the season for srx well done for ryan newman yeah well done indeed i missed this one entirely and for some reason youtube tv will not record these races you have to like it doesn't understand that it's like a series and that I'm saying I want you to record SRX, record it all six weeks. It makes me do each one individually. And weirdly, these also aren't on ESPN Plus, which really sucks. So I guess I'll never see that one, but uh, cool for Ryan Newman. You can catch it on YouTube. ESPN has a channel, SRX oh, nice. Racing. They do the full race uploads if you want to. Can't sleep tonight, nice. throw it on. I, I like that they have that, but I can't go to YouTube TV and be like, let me show, well, let me watch that race that happened a week ago. Come on, man. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Good call, though. Cool. What's going on with F1, new guy? Uh, we have the summer break ending, so we uh, were last at Spa, and this week mm-hmm. we are going to be at the Dutch GP. I believe Zandvoort is the name of uh, Zandvoort. Yep. the yep. racetrack. Um, they've got some cool bank curves in there. That should be fun. I yep. think that it's supposed to be rainy, which Ooh, would be nice. We'll see. We like that. Yeah. We'll see. Especially since What's Max, I think, has won that race like five straight times, I think. Who? Doesn't Max won the Dutch GP like five straight oh, years? Oh, probably. He's yeah. a monster. He's from there. Yeah. Um, What's up with uh, these French Armed Forces wanting Max? Yeah, so I when I first saw this, I saw it on Twitter, and I thought it was fake. And then I saw it like three more times. But basically, the French Armed Forces are doing this thing where they look for people's like social media videos about them driving recklessly. And then they straight throw you in jail. <laughs> like, like, they're very serious about reckless driving, and especially for, like I guess, social media entertainment. And there's a video of uh, Max speeding in an aston martin valkyrie a good like 38 mile or 38 sorry 38 kilometers per hour over the speed limit and then also like doing some like drifting around corners with it uh and yeah they are seeking him out right now so we'll see what happens maybe he'll be out of the dutch gp his home race uh because of this which would be really interesting it's a cool looking car is uh, that aston martin valkyrie is awesome i would i would drift in it too and be like come get me french uh, get back, get my ass back to American soil. Yeah, would be sweet. Um, we've also got IndyCar. They're going to be racing on Sunday, August 27th, uh, 3.30 Eastern at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Nice. Good, track, nice. good track. Shall we uh, hop on into the final race of uh, this regular NASCAR season? I think we should. 25 down, one to go. Where are we at? Uh, we've got a big one. We've got the big one for oh, you geez. all here. We're going to be down in Daytona. We've got, oh, Daytona and the Milwaukee Mile? Mm-hmm. Wow. Where, Xfinity uh, Cup are at, are at Daytona and then Milwaukee okay. Miles all day Sunday. Sick. Well, we've got the Wawa 250 powered by Coca-Cola for Xfinity on Friday at 7.30 Eastern. 30 laps, 30 laps, 40 laps. That seems short, but I know it's not. It's Daytona, two and a half miles. Yeah, 2.5 miles. Uh, Cup race Saturday. Whoa, that's interesting. 7 p.m. Eastern, the Coke Zero Sugar. The Coke Zero... 
The Coke Zero Sugar, 400. 40 laps, 40 laps, 80 laps. I wonder After if they that, had we got to Arca add... on Sunday. Sorry, please. Yes. I just want to say, I, I wonder if they had to add the 400, in, or sorry, the sugar in there so it's not Coke Zero 400. Because that, I don't know, that just reads weird, I guess. But, like, nobody calls it Coke Zero Sugar, right? It's called That's Coke Zero. That's the official name, but nobody calls it that. Oh, okay. I felt, I feel sugar. Like, it, like on the label, it doesn't, I don't even see the word sugar, but maybe it, maybe it is on there. Maybe if they throw us, like, $20 million to buy that charter, we'll talk about it more next week. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. We should be talking about those Wawa energy drinks more. Sorry. Um, so then on Sunday, we've got Arca at 1 Eastern. The Sprecher 150. Isn't that fun? What's Sprecher? Sprecher is a root beer slash beer brand here in Milwaukee. Okay, cool. Well, nice. Probably the most popular root beer in the world. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Well done. I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. Are you going to be going to this race? I am also going to be hitting the truck race Sunday, 4 o'clock Eastern, the Clearing Harbors 175, 55, 55, 60. I actually picked up two tickets, so me and my dad are going to be hitting the track on Sunday to see Arca and Truck. I bought the tickets, and I went into the FAQs. No carry-ins allowed at this track. Nothing. These not food, not beer. One 20-ounce bottle of water. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Whoever manages this track, there's What's a reason the that NASCAR doesn't come here anymore. Because what the fuck are you doing? I can't bring yeah. in anything to the track. Like it's gonna be a great day at the understand. racing, but I was mind blown yeah. that no coolers, no nothing, unless you're in the infield. But we did get some pretty sweet seats up in the 400 section. I think row 35. There's like 40 rows total, so we're gonna be super high up just outside of turn one. Really looking forward to a nice 70 degree day, double header Arca and truck right in my backyard here. It's about Very 10 nice. minute drive from my apartment, so. We can't carry in. We're going to do some pregame and early, make some sandwiches, maybe grill out. Uh, yeah. It's going to be a sweet day and also excited for this Daytona Man Cup on Get Saturday her. night is going to be insane. 15 mm -hmm. playoff drivers locked in, one spot yeah. open. Er, yeah, worth, worth calling out. It's not the end of the regular season for Xfinity. They finish, I think, next weekend at Darlington. Um, and so they, they've got – or maybe they've got two races left. I actually forget. Um, but this is the end of the regular season for nice. Cup. Uh, we'll go through points in a bit to show where the bubble is. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was really cool is it's the Wawa 250, Wawa, big Pennsylvania uh, gas station brand. Um, but they're big in Florida, too. Have you all been to a Wawa? Did we stop at a Wawa? Yeah. There? I've been to a Wawa. Wawa. So good. One of the best gas stations. Uh, I've been on my uh, own Bucky's, and probably but... with you. Okay. Great, yeah, great, great, great spot. Because they're I pushing think their. One of y'all is going to have to take over the rest of this a little bit. I got to conserve my energy for eating these standings. It's freaking like 80 degrees up here, guys. Yeah. It's All right. We'll go, we'll go quick. Uh, you really need one of these Wawa energy drinks. They're sponsoring four cars God, in the race, and they're all different me. colors. That's great. They uh, look sweet. Please. And yeah. a Wawa sandwich. Cool. Are we on to Smart and Heart Picks now? Yes, sir. Uh, I think so. Previous winners, 2022, Austin Dillon. 2021, my boy Ryan Blaney. 2020, William Byron. Go All right. Back. Nice. I'll go real quick uh, to save new guy's life. 
Um, at Indy, that. Indianapolis, the averages were 8.5 for a B-Boy, a uh, new guy with an average of 21, and an 11.5 for a baby G. And then at Watkins Glen, an average of 29th for B-Boy. I think I was the first one to ever pick two drivers outside the top 10 in points, and it backfired. Uh, an average of 29 also for a new guy, and an average of 14.5 for baby G. Um, that was our worst picks of the year by the way overall we the three of us averaged 24.17 we never even averaged in the 20s before oh no that's not true we finished uh 20.83 at atlanta but only once so that's uh it's pretty bad so as follows uh baby g in first with 12.24 b-boy in second with 14.56 and new guy in third with 16.1 meaning you get to pick first who you got Uh, as is tradition, I will pick first. And with my first pick, I will pick William Byron. Actually, no. Hold on. <laughs> Stop the <Ryan> count. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's already locked in. Too late. Oh, no. Wonderful. people who okay. got oh i didn't realize that you picked okay i got you got you with the 12 all right i'm going with denny denny hamlin nice let me jump in on brad keselowski the old two nice all right the old six well oh you you're know right him. <laughs> you know him you love him the most handsome driver on the track Pretty Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Give me that 47, big boy. Mm. Going for the Daytona sweep. Oh, yeah. As it were. They're both going to win. I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Oh, wait. No, Kevin's 10th. Dang it. He's not 10th when it comes to playoff points. So I got got him confused. Um, Dang, it's so tempting. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. He's in 11th now. Whoa, Joey Logano has 666 points. What? Let's go. I'm going with Satan. <laughs> Joey, give wow. him the old give him to me. Satan. I think that's a Got good it. choice. We're locked in. It's going to be hot as hell down in Daytona. 666 is, it? is locking in. I don't know. I. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm curious. I got to look I up the weather right now. I think that's a right safe now. guess. Just go on Pockrass's Twitter. What is he saying? Uh, 80s for Xfinity is what he's calling out on Twitter, but I don't know about. Yeah, it looks like high of 90, 91, and 91 Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, But, it you know, night races, so probably right around 80. That's not terrible if you get a nice breeze going. The best thing about this forecast is there's no rain until Monday. So. Nice. Hell yeah. Looking good. All right, well, um, Rapid Fire? Do you all got anything for Rapid Fire? Uh, I've got a real quick one, I think, here, if Mm -hmm. uh, we want to entertain one. What's your favorite driver saying? So something that these guys will say in interviews or over the radio. I like when they say something was a chicken shit move. Mm-hmm. There's just something about that that there's no other sport where I hear them say that's that was a chicken shit move. I just it's so there's something so endearing about it. Well, speaking of endearing, the thing that came to mind for me maybe isn't like a saying so much as like when there is like a really bad accident or something, 
hearing the amount of concern from every driver, I, I feel like in a lot of sports you see like a guy get injured or something and you know some of the other people on the other team are like fucking good. Like I'm glad he's done, you know, or whatever. But like it rem- I, I saw a re- uh, replay of Austin Dillon's really bad wreck at this summer Daytona race eight years ago, I want to say, where he went up into the catch fence and just destroyed the catch fence. Um, and then he got like nailed by Brad Keselowski down while he was on his lid already with hardly any car around him. Ended up being totally fine, you know, somewhat miraculously. But like the amount of radio chatter immediately following Dale, Dale Jr. wins the race and he sees it in his mirror and he's like flipping out just like totally flipping out about like, oh my God, I think someone just died kind of thing. Um, that stuff always gets to me uh, uh, with these competitors. Mine's got to be also, the classic, I don't lift, Bubba Wallace's specialty. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. Especially that's, when uh, you right, aw- right hook someone. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a, that's an Austin Dillon specialty here at Daytona for sure. Uh, he won... Don't forget that yeah, last year when he won, he was getting pushed, and he basically pushed Centric out of the way and was just like, I don't care. I'm just going to drive through him, and we both wreck. We both wreck. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah, Austin Dillon uh, going for the, the repeat for sure. Uh, that did remind me actually of a good quick rapid-fire question as well, which is what race should end the regular season? I think Daytona is great. Yeah. I love Daytona because it's any one of these drivers can win this thing. It's such a wild card that it, it does lead to exciting racing. If it's not Daytona, I'd say one of the one and a half milers right now, it doesn't matter which one, just because the car is so fun to watch at those mile and a half tracks, like a Charlotte mm-hmm. right now. Uh, if I had to pick, it'd probably be one of those kind of one and a half milers that's delivering Kansas, Charlotte. One of those two would be my pick for let's finish this off at a, a track that the car is putting on a hell of a show for right now. Gotcha. Yeah, my my answer was going to be Homestead, which is the same same thing. I think that 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 will be a fantastic race, even though we've not had it this year. Same thing. It's a mile and a half, and it's it's going to be really really good racing. Um, but the follow up question that I have: If you're saying Daytona, should this be the 500? No, because it's too hot. Well. I mean, I guess they could do 500 laps here, too. That would be cool. At night, you mean? Or do 600 laps. Whoa. Not there's that. something I don't special think about that Daytona <laughs> 500 think, that yeah. just feels right in February. A lot of people migrate from the north like us yeah. down there to that little bit of warmer weather. I love the Getting Daytona the 500. Snow. That's fair. I was just thinking about the spectacle of it all, but I guess you get enough drama anyway because it's, it's still Daytona and it's a night race and it's the last race to get in. So it's plenty, plenty going on already. Cool. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of rapid fire <laughs> and right into new guy reads the standings. Well, wonderful. I've been building up my energy just for this moment. In first place, Martin Truex Jr. with 861 points, 39 points ahead of Denny Hamlin in second, followed by William Byron, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson in fifth, 140 points behind the leader, followed by Brad Keselowski. Hold on. The five car in fifth, the six car in sixth, and they say NASCAR isn't rigged. Chris Buescher in seventh, the 17 car in seventh. Uh, Ross Chastain in eighth, Ryan Blaney in ninth, Kevin Harvick rounding out the top 10, 168 points behind the leader. 
Kyle Busch in 11th, followed by Tyler Reddick, Joseph Laganseth, Bubba Wallace, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., and then Ty Gibbs rounding out the top 16. He is not in the playoffs, though, because we have so many people who are currently uh, big boy playoffs guys. It's currently the people without wins that are qualified for the playoffs. Brad Keselowski with a lot of points. Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace. Wait, am I right about this or am I wrong about this? No, you're you're right. You're right. Okay. Kevin Kevin and Brad are officially locked in because Bubba can't get past either of them. So Bubba's kind of in on points right now. He's got a pretty good advantage over Ty Gibbs. Uh, Gibbs can point his way in. Daniel Suarez can mathematically point his way in technically as well. Uh, it would be really crazy if that were to happen. Um, but Bubba is pretty essentially in as long as there isn't a new winner. Wow. Or I as mean, long as Brad or Kevin wins. that that Those are the two new winners that could win and he'd still be in. Yeah. This is a crazy quantity of winners. I'm impressed. NASCAR continues to deliver. Yeah. Uh, the two things I want to call out is like one. Yeah. We, we talk, everyone's talking about, and uh, during the broadcast, they talk about it a lot. Who's going to win the regular season. Cause it's worth 15 playoff points. Truex has that in the bag. He's 39 points ahead. Technically Denny can catch him, but again, it would just be so weird. Like Martin would have to crash out immediately. Denny would have to max out on some stage points and then finish well. Uh, so that's, it's a lot to be able to get all the way up to him and take that away. But everyone inside the top 10 gets playoff points. Notice from sixth back, that's 164 points out of the lead. And then all the way down to 12th is 178 points out of the lead. That's 14 points separating seven drivers. Um, Literally from sixth back to 10th is only four points separating five drivers. So uh, there's very, very tight battles and basically a playoff point up up for grabs, a stage win essentially, up for grabs for every position you can get there. So, um... These guys are going to be hustling, even though they're not necessarily needing a win to get in kind of thing. Drive fast, smoke grass, indeed, Brian. Indeed. All right. Well, I think that's brought us to the end. New guy, you want to take us out? I would love to. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, you can tweet us at podcastbigone. Email us at podcastbigone at gmail.com. Call... Um, Call my landlord. Call your local air conditioning repair store. Tell them they can be our sponsor if they'll just make my house like five degrees cooler. Um, But until then, I've been New Guy. I've been B-Boy. I've been Baby G. Prove it. Bye. And to all our fans out there, prove it. See you at the track on Sunday. Thanks, Cole Murphy. Thanks, Cole. We love you. Love you. Love you.